Hello, everyone. Titus O'Reilly here. As you may know by now, we have a membership program, Bazaar Plus, for people that love Sports Bazaar. As a member, you'll get all the normal episodes, of course. You'll get behind-the-scenes access. You'll get a weekly bonus podcast. You'll get a fortnightly newsletter, access to members-only chat room, the ability to vote on future episodes, and, of course, early access to any live shows we do. And it's very easy to join. Just go to the link in the show notes for this podcast or go to bizarreplus.com. That's Bizarre Plus, our membership program. We'd love to have you on board. It's Sports Bizarre. I'm going to kick back and enjoy this. Some of these stories, you would say, that cannot be true. The hunt for the weirdest. It's a real rollercoaster ride, this one, isn't it? <laughs> it makes Game of Thrones look like a sitcom. <laughs> Strangers. There you go. She's on another level. What are you doing? There's a lot of our stories that start with someone <laughs> fleeing moneylenders. Most unbelievable. This is a car crash. Stories to ever occur. We'll stop this right now. <laughs> it's just carnage. That is the densest bit of mayhem. So many <laughs> subplots in this story. In the world of sport. I think we're learning that embarrassment is not something. Sports bizarre. A naked fan ran onto the field and slid into second base. No, I don't drink water. I cannot stand drinking water. I am the president of everybody. I am the president of the whole FIFA. <laughs> Opened his mouth and a sparrow flew out. It's time for the leaders of the hunt. It's really simple. Get there early, get the good back. It's Titus O'Reilly and Mick Malloy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the latest edition of Sports Bazaar with me, Mick Malloy, and, of course, as always, doing the heavy lifting, Titus O'Reilly. Titus, I'm coming in blind today. No idea what you're up to. In terms of the story. (laughs) In terms of the story. Give us a hint. Is there a sport? You can tell me what sport. We're we're talking football. Which code? Soccer. Soccer, So Brazilian soccer. Even better. This will get colourful. Modern, recent. We're going back to about the 80s, 70s and into the 80s. And the question here is, are we talking about football? And this will become apparent in a moment. It's a head scratcher to begin with. Is this (laughs) This philosophical? No, it's true mystery. This one. This is true mystery. One. All right. I'm good to go. So we're talking about a guy who was born Carlos Enrique Raposo. Yep. I apologize up front for all my Brazilian yes. pronunciations. Yes. Uh, he's born the 2nd of April, 1963, right? Yep. So he's born in Porto Alegre, which is in the very south of Brazil. And he's barely a week old when his biological mother goes up to a stranger and says, can you look after my baby for five minutes? There's an emergency. And she says, okay. Done a runner. And then the mum never returns. Okay. Right? So the stranger who's been handed the baby is actually desperate for a child of her own and she's in Porto Alegre visiting family mm-hmm. and she decides this is a sign from above I'm meant to have a baby. All right. I will take the baby. This is mine. This is Brazil in the 60s. Paperwork is like... This <laughs> is not a lot of... It's not top of the list. There's no family services yeah, to call. Yeah, but, get this rubber stamp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she keeps the child. She goes back to Rio de Janeiro, where she's from, with the baby. Carlos, the baby, as he grows up, he starts to wonder why he's white like his father when his mum's black and his parents tell him this story. And right, explain okay. it, right, Dad's white and his mum's black and he can't understand why he's all white. Right. So, and also... Skin color, it's, race, and everything in Brazil. It's not as defined. The Spanish background, the indigenous, like there's all yeah. different. Gotcha. It's a whole oh. complex thing. We're not going to go into it in detail in here, but that's just no, the one. No, I want he, to. That's how he treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, the, if anyone can give the sensitive treatment to the race <laughs> relations in Brazil, it's you and I. Sure. Um, 
it's just how he discovers that he starts to suspect that something's, might, up. something's up. Ask his parents and they do tell him. His new mother, over the years he learns that she's basically a functioning alcoholic. They're very poor. Yep. For years she forces him to deliver homemade lunch boxes to various people for extra money. Right. So they're sort yep. of really grifting to live. Like they're living on the poverty line. He has no money. He used to earn pocket money by where he would sell flowers at the gates of local cemeteries and he was a young kid and people would Sheesh. come up and he was such a good-looking kid and be smiling that people would be happy to pay him for these Whatever. flowers, which he always had a really good variety of flowers because he had got to the cemetery early and <laughs> he pinched was, all the flowers. I was saying, I, I recognise these flowers. <laughs> yeah, so he was recycling yeah, the flowers. I get the right? idea. In December 1975, his mum gave him an incentive. She said, if you don't pass all your interviews exams, Christmas is cancelled. She was not the most nice mum, right? That's a firm line. No presents, nothing. We just won't do it. How old is he at this stage? He's 12. So so he's like, well, this isn't that good. He decides that, look, studying is not for him. Okay. So he doesn't really know how to resolve this. This is a general theme with most sports stars, isn't it? There's always none. Early, you make a choice. It's either or. He decides that probably fired a couple of exams. He thinks that's it. Exams are going to be over. But something he does, Carlos does all his life, he always figures out a way. Okay. He always figures really? out a solution. The solution is he breaks into the school at 5 a.m. on the last day of school, leaves a letter saying in the headmaster's office saying that there was a bomb and it was going to go off on lunchtime. He then goes to a pay phone a few hours later and rings the police and reports that there's a bomb at the school. <laughs> then he goes to school like normal. Yeah. And they go, you have to go home. There's a bomb scare. And therefore, the exam results are not sent home. Fantastic. Christmas happens. Later on in the new year, he gets his results. He's failed, but Christmas has happened. Too late. Too late. You snooze, you lose. So this is what he's sort of... Christmas has been won. Yeah. Done and dusted. He's really good at figuring out like pressure points on people and how to get what he wants in that way. So another time, he's failing physics and he's got a terrible relationship with the teacher. He says, Mr. Fernandez, can I come and have a meeting with you about how I'm going? And Mr. Fernandez says, I think that's great initiative, no yeah. problem. What Mr. Fernandez doesn't know is Carlos has discovered that Mr. Fernandez is having an affair with a student. <laughs> <laughs> and he sits down with Mr. Fernandez and says, Strikes a deal. Look, my physics is not going well, but I understand you're teaching some things that aren't on the curriculum. <laughs> Perhaps my results could be a little better. Suddenly... Overnight, his physics results improved substantially. So with everything about Carlos Enrique Raposo is it's hard to know what's true. Yes. And this will become more and more apparent as we go on. But let's start with one thing. For the main thing, his name is originally Carlos Enrique Raposo, but he is known for the rest of his life as Carlos Kaiser. And that's what we'll refer to him all to this podcast. So sure. Carlos Kaiser. Now, even then, we don't know why he's called Carlos Kaiser. There are two reasons potentially why. He says it's because of his similar looks and playing ability to the German soccer legend Franz Beckenbauer, who was known as the Kaiser. <laughs> right. He's, so he's running with that. He's saying that's the reason. Some of his friends say it's because when he was younger, he was short and squat, like a beer brand called Kaiser that had short and squat <laughs> beer bottles. <laughs> He's not going to run with that. Even then, it's hard to work that out because the Kaiser beer brand didn't come in until he was quite a bit older. So none of the stories ever really fully align with him. But he is known as Carlos Kaiser to anyone else from here on in. 
when he was very young, he's playing soccer with all the friends and everything. And Rio is home to four big clubs, Fluminense, Flamengo, Vasco da Gama and Botafogo. They right. are the big four clubs there. And he's having a kickabout in December 1973. So he's just still early yeah. teens. And two men are watching and they asked his dad who that kid is. And he says, that's my son. And the scouts were from Botafogo and they say, tell him to come to the training ground and we're going to give him a try. Sure. So he was an okay soccer player. He turns up and he impresses and they say, why don't you stay and keep training on sort of an informal basis with the junior club? We think you, you've got yeah, a bit of talent. what it takes. This makes him, like some of his classmates are like. You've got to be respecting the. Yeah, he's gone from being a very poor kid with no one caring to suddenly. Yeah. And he manages to get some photos of some of the Botafogo players and stars. And this is like in Brazil, this is like royalty. And he suddenly goes, wow, I'd love to do this. So he plays one game where he scores and like millions of people watching on TV, even though it's a junior game, he scores two goals and his mum who is a strange lady to begin with, puts two and two together and goes, he's going to be a future superstar. This is it. So he suddenly gets... Don't worry about the study. Don't worry about anything else. You're going to be a superstar, right? Um, But she starts to nag and nag and nag him all the time about becoming a superstar. And he said, (laughs) this just destroys my love of soccer. For instance, when he's 11, she says, why haven't you made the senior team yet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like a tiger mum. It's yeah, just yeah. like a it's, Brazilian tiger mum. Yeah, she's like, you know. Can't be doing that. Why haven't you made the senior <laughs> yeah. team? So he's playing. Pull your finger out. Yeah, Kaiser. pull your finger out, lift. So he's a poor kid. He's got an alcoholic mother and he loves his dad and he has got the only respect in the world is through soccer. Soccer. And then when he is 13, he has some terrible luck where – both his parents die within two weeks of each other. His mum dies from cirrhosis of the liver because of her years of decades of alcoholism. And then three months later, his father suffers a fatal heart attack. And he says even later in life, it was very painful for me, the death of my dad. <laughs> That's telling. There very yeah. no mention of the mum. So at this point, he actually, after his parents died for a while, he lives at the Botafogo training camp. Okay. So he Good gets to know everyone. The soccer club looks after him. They're all something going He's still got no money, but eventually sort of falls out with Botafogo or they just decide, you know, probably not going to make it at not a junior level. But at school, he's friends with a kid whose daddy's name is Dida and he's the youth team coach at Flamengo. So Kaiser says, can I get, who's another of the big clubs, can I have a trial there? And they're the biggest club in South America. Okay. Some people think they've got like 40 million supporters in Brazil. Jeez. Huge, right? Oh, Huge right. club. He trials, they say they're quite good. He gets into their youth team and gets a contract with them. And this is when they're taking off to have some of the biggest successes a club ever. Yeah. Um, he's in the junior one. But one day he's daydreaming during a youth team game and suddenly there's a violent tackle that someone else does. Yeah. He's not involved and it ends in a free-for-all. Okay, yep. But the teams don't have shirt numbers on their back and the referee just doesn't know who did it so gives the red card to Kaiser and Kaiser's like, it wasn't even me. It's not fair. He's then told he has to apologise to his whole team. He's going, but I didn't do the tackle. He's really annoyed about it. He gets stared at it. He refuses to apologise. He has a week-long standoff and he's thrown out of the club. And there's a lot of sympathy. They... Eventually let him start training again with the youth team, but it's not as an official player. 
and he's really annoyed about this. It's tough. So a few weeks later, he's about 16 at this point. In a reserve training game, they need the numbers and a Mexican club, Puebla, they come along and they're looking at another key forward, their sister club. Yeah. And they come and they put on a training to see anyone they want to recruit because they send them off into this club to sort We're of… still at junior level? 16 and, yeah. no, but getting to senior level okay. now. And they often get youngsters, send them to Mexico to kind of sure. give them some experience before they bring them back. Anyway, Kaiser stars in this game, scores two goals, puts on such a performance that everyone else is just can't believe it because mm-hmm. he's never been that good. And the Mexican club go, this is great. Let's get him sign instead. Him so sign they Kaiser. sign him up. He's 16. He's on his way to Mexico. And this is where it really kicks in what happens with this guy. He says, I'd lost interest in football by the time I went to Mexico. He's 16. He's a footballer. Jaded. And he's a little jaded. <laughs> he said, I didn't want to play. The reason I was a footballer is because it gave me easier access to women. I wanted to live the glamour of football, but I didn't want to live the routine. He decides I'm going to be a professional footballer and live the life of a footballer, but I'm never going to play football. (laughs) (laughs) This is his... This is his plan. His quest. This is his quest. Wow. So the first day of training in Mexico, he feigns an... It's a bold plan. It's a bold plan. He feigns... Injury. Right. So in training, there's no MRI technology, no way of assessing the injury. So they're training with ice, injections, physios, all this sort of stuff. He's just got this niggling fire injury apparently that all goes away. But really he's not injured at all. He says, everyone tried to get me to take it more seriously, but I didn't want to play football. Not even Jesus pleased everybody. Why would I? (laughs) He makes a good point. Months go by, he has not played he a still single hasn't played. game. No, he hasn't played a single game for... But he's still living the life. Yeah. He hears rumours that they're going to send him back to Brazil. So he starts dating the niece of the president of the club. <laughs> <laughs> now she is dating him because he's a player. Right. Right? Yeah. They're still my head in already. He was only going out with her so he could be a player. So but, it sort of just was a... play. But not play. So it sort of kept him there. He's right. just circling around, not doing it. Now, finally, they say you can, to get over the injury, why don't you go back to Brazil for a little bit and rest? So they don't get rid of him necessarily, but they say, why don't you go back? He says, oh, fine. He's getting a bit bored. He's going back to Brazil. Back. Yeah, because one of the problems he has is despite dating the daughter of the president of the club, he also in Mexico City gets a girl pregnant and he's 17. Okay. She decides, I'll have it without you, thanks. Right. So he never sees the kid again or her again. Right. But it freaks him out and he goes back to Rio. Does a runner. Basically. He turns 18 and he's hanging around Rio, technically still nominally playing for Mexico, which he starts to use as a bit of a thing. He becomes at 18 the de facto PR manager for Regines, which is a nightclub. <laughs> and he got the role because the owner was so impressed by his status as the leading goal scorer in the Mexican league. Oh, was he now? <laughs> pretty hard considering he didn't play a game. Okay, but this is what Kaiser does. This is pre-internet, yeah. pre-media. No yeah. one can really check. Fact check that. No one knows the Mexican league. So he's comes back to Rio and tells everyone, yeah, it was great. I'm the lead scorer in the Mexican league. I'm, I'm on a rest because I'm injured. Fantastic. So he gets this job, right? Now, this ability to think on his feet and just come up with anything in the moment is what marks him. So, right. for instance, one point he was with a married woman at her house. Yes. Getting up to no good, and her husband comes home. <laughs> He's 18. He runs onto the balcony 
wearing no clothes. Yes. Tries to hide out there. The husband comes in yelling and screaming and he can see someone's on the balcony and opens the balcony and this guy's six foot four right. and staring at Kaiser nude is and, go, and is about to belt him. And he says, what's going on? Have you been with my wife? And he says, sir, please excuse me. I climbed on your balcony from the flat downstairs. I was with Miss Ortiz downstairs and her husband came home. And the guy goes, <laughs> what? And he goes, because the guy says, you've been with my wife. He said, no, if I'd been with your wife, why would I be on your balcony? I would have climbed up or down. Oh, good stuff. The husband looks at him in a sec and then turns to the wife and goes, this is why I tell you not to hang out with that woman downstairs. <laughs> well done, everybody. <laughs> so this is what Kaiser is like. While he's back in Rio, he starts hanging around one of the clubs. There's a club called America, yep. not to be mistaken with actually America in uh, Brazil. And he starts hanging around the training ground. The thing is he's good friends with the league attacker for that team. So no one questions him just hanging around right. there. And Kaiser, as well as being quick on his feet, is charming. Everyone likes him. You, you don't hear a bad word about sure. him from anyone and he's great fun. So yep. he starts hanging around. He gets along with the president of the club. He befriends the president. He does this at every club he goes to. He's friends with a player, gets them to vouch for him, then wins over the president of the club. This is an MO. Then is usually given a contract. And then on the day one, fakes an injury. <laughs> right? So he's at America and he's hanging around. He arrived at training and he gets word that America, the club, is starting to say, look, we can't hold you forever if this thigh injury and we don't know what's causing it. Yeah. Please up. He then a couple of days later comes to training with a detailed official document explaining his injury, which is a thigh injury, yes. saying it's all linked to a dental problem that he need to go further tests because he had a rare neurological disorder. They looked at it all and thought it was too absurd not to be true. <laughs> it turns out that what Kaiser had done is gone to a friend who was a dentist. He didn't have a friend who was a doctor, but oh. he had a friend who was a dentist who just wrote it all up for absolute nonsense. Mm. So that keeps buys him, him some more time. Buys him more right. time. This point, what he's doing, he realizes this is my dream to be at football clubs but never play gotcha. and live the life of a footballer. Gotcha. He at this point becomes friends with a guy called Renato Gaucho, who's the most exciting young player in Brazil at the time. Greatest Brazilian you could people would say who never went to play in Europe of this generation. People say he's a like a like a messy. He's unknown because he barely played in the World Cup for a variety of reasons and had a disastrous spell at Roma in yeah. Italy. But this was because before Brazilians went sure. overseas a lot. But he was absolutely amazing. He was a glamorous, great player. And he and Kaiser becomes good friends and Kaiser bases his look and everything off this guy. Okay. Right? Because this guy is doing very well. He is the most popular person almost. He's the first sex symbol of Brazilian football. Jeez. This is a gaucho. They now say David Beckham is following the gaucho model. So gotcha. think David Beckham type guy. He was on all these non-football TV shows. He was so popular. The popularity in Rio in the 1980s of mirrored sunglasses all is traced back to him because there was a picture of him standing with a girl reflected in the shades. And that made that popular. That's how big he was. <laughs> I love what they covet in Brazil. Yeah. That's the everything. They say all through this and there's a great photos of this. In Brazil in the 80s in nightclubs, all the men wore mullets, yeah. right, permed almost mullets, <laughs> mirrored sunglasses and white shirts opened down to pretty much their belly button. 
It's just the best look ever, if right? If I could get away with that, oh. I'd be sitting here right now. <laughs> it's just the, the – and they're all like doing that. it, right? Renato, or Gaucho, <laughs> he is such a sex symbol. He once met Pelé in a nightclub in the 80s and said, for each of your 1,284 goals, Pelé, I've got a notch on my bedpost. Pelé says, what? Is this officially documented? He doesn't understand what he's even talking to. The most famous thing that Gaucho ever did, Kaiser takes a lot of his lead from this. Yes. He once was doing a Brazilian training session because he's playing for Brazil and he gives a TV interview and it's Valentine's Day. And this becomes yes. a famous video. He comes over and does this interview and he declares that he, the party boy of Brazilian football, has finally found love, looks into the camera. I've found love. I'm here to announce it. On Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day. He pulls out a, a flower from out of shot and he says, I send this flower to my love. Looks into the camera very seriously. He then pauses for a second and then gets another <laughs> flower and goes, I'll send this one to my other love, Karen. And then the camera pans back and there's a huge pile of flowers. <laughs> He starts getting another cafe and he goes, for Maria, oh God, I love you, Maria. And he starts pretending to cry and being all emotional. For my love, Carlina. Oh, Monica, you're amazing. I'll never forget you. The names of all the women he's saying are the names of his teammates' mothers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he's this sort of guy, right? He's completely famous. Everyone loves him. Kaiser starts hanging out with him. These guys are all party animals. Kaiser doesn't drink. He doesn't do any drags. He never smokes. His only vices are women and Diet Coke. That's all he'll do. He That's never it. does it. And this comes into why wow. he has such a long career. After playing at America for a while, in terms of not one game, he, a, he hasn't it. played a game yet, right? We're up to his second club. He leaves that club finally because he manages to get a go at Fluminense, which is an, another huge club, right? This sort of the is aristocrat. This the third one now? Third club. He's done America. He's done... Well, remember, he also, when he was doing junior football, he was at Flamengo, Botafogo as well. So he's up to about his fifth club. He did play some footy junior, junior level. In junior level. But, but as a senior, he's never played he a game hasn't, yet. He's getting away with it. At Fluminense, he actually gets there. He's spotted by the coach who thinks he might be okay. He always finds out when coach is going to be somewhere looking at a casual kickabout of good players. Yes. And he always makes sure he's there and makes sure he looks good. Is he kicking it about, though? A bit, but mainly he just struts and looks good. <laughs> He's very much he, – people say he looks more like a footballer than actual footballers. Like he's six over six foot, he's very fit and all this. He just can't play football. He's okay, but his touch on the ball is terrible. But everything about him, the way he carries himself and everything, sure. they say he looks more of a rock star than the actual sure. top guys, right? But they invite him along and at his very first training at Fluminense, he explodes into a sprint and instantly pulls up clutching his hamstring. <laughs> And goes, my first injury since I was 15, he exclaims. I've supported Fluminense all my life and this happens on my first day of training. He hasn't supported them all no. his life. He's a Botafogo fan originally. But what he does is he's in, so they're like, oh, you're on the injury list now. He's got a short-term contract, but they're like, you're injured. We can't sack you while you're injured, you know. So what he does is he integrates himself in every way possible in the club apart from playing football, Yeah, right? How's he get on with the president? Well, he goes along with the president. He runs errands for all the players and the president. So anyone that needs anything, he's got it for them, Yeah, right? Including women. It is, this is not a politically correct time in sure. uh, Brazilian That's, football in the 80s. Has there ever been a politically correct time I don't think in there Brazil. is. There's a lot of procuring women 
nightclub passes, drinking, all like drinks, drugs, everything. Kaiser, because he doesn't drink or do any of it, he's always sober. So he's always taking care of everything for everyone but while they all just get absolutely polaxed. This is a true story. A friend of mine, job was it, when the Italian football team came to Australia yeah. and he was Italian and could speak Italian, yeah. who has put on as an attaché to the team and he was like a local kind of Fixer contact. kind of thing, yeah. You know what he said his job was? Holding their wedding rings. <laughs> and that was basically his job. his job. So when they went out, he would hold It's a hard job remembering who's is who's. I know, you've got to dish it around. But <laughs> I'm just saying this isn't exclusive this is, to Brazil. No. This was the style this of the time. This is times. very common. Um, so he does all of Big this. Big hello to Santo Chilaro if you're out there. <laughs> and, and if that name's still in it, he's okayed this story. <laughs> now, for instance, the way he also helps himself is one of Fluminense's star players one day knocks out somebody in a nightclub. So Kaiser takes the rap. Right. He says, I'm injured. I'll do it. I'll take oh, the rap. Fantastic. It doesn't matter because I'm injured and if I don't play. He's you know, good. I like his ground game. Yeah, yeah, his ground game is good. So the players all like him too. They're like, oh, thank God you've taken yeah. him. And the club's very happy with him, right? Finally, Fluminense, they dump him, right? They say, look, I don't think this is working out. It's taken a bit too long. How long has that taken, do you reckon? Like a oh, season like he's or? there He's there for like, you know, almost a year. There's a few other times, but this is one time it gets sort of found out. But he he knows I just need to be around the club training and have their – this is before yeah. they had replica kits and everything. So if he could get into a club, even just train with them, get their track suits, get rehab, a pass. Yeah, but no. then he could go out and walk around the street in his training gear and yeah. women would throw themselves at him or he'd get into nightclubs or they'd all say, oh, he's a player, even though no one had seen Game him ever play. So he leaves Fluminese. Well, just keep a tally of how many games he's played. Zero games. So we're still at zero games. In July 1984, Gremio, who were one of the teams in Brazil, they're going to play Independiente, Argentine team, in a two-legged final of the Copa Libertadores. And he befriended a lot of the Independiente Argentine players. He then meets one of the directors who he sets up with a woman and then says to the director, who's very thankful to him, yes. oh, why don't I put you on a short-term contract? They've got 30 players. There's no chance of him playing. Yeah. He's just put on a contract. Right. So suddenly he's playing in Argentina. <laughs> he's hot in Brazil, so yeah. he gets out of town, goes yep. to Argentina. Yeah. And so they actually win the whole tournament. So he puts on his CV, I've won. <laughs> I've won Champ. the biggest tournament in yeah. South Argentinian America. Argentinian champion. Yeah. So he keeps adding. So he's got this. CV, Mexico, Mexico Brazil, Brazil, and now Argentina. Yep, and this winning championships. Right. So he's suddenly got all of this stuff, right? Kaiser's hot. Yeah, he's just going really well all the time. He's there for a while and they like him and they don't seem to worry that he's injured. Sure. And the director's so thrilled because he keeps setting up with women. But finally Kaiser thinks, I need to go home to Rio. Rio's my home. I love it in right. Rio. He loves the party lifestyle in Rio. Bored with not playing. For, so for not the last time, his grandmother dies. And he has to go back to Brazil. <laughs> His grandmother dies probably about eight times. Yeah, I understand. Once again, no games for them. No games. So we're still at no games. He's been playing now for about four years. <laughs> right? Making his money as a player. Fantastic. He then returns to Brazil. Now, a year earlier when he was in America, and this was another trick he often did, a junior reporter wanted an exclusive with one of the star players in America. And Kaiser says, I'll get you that interview, but only if you do a profile on me first. So the junior report goes, great. He does an interview. He always delivers. So later on he gets in the star player interview afterwards. But 
the article is like a press release of oh, how good Carlos Kaiser is because he basically writes it. First paragraph mentions that Kaiser had once scored a spectacular hat trick. <laughs> the opening line was, 23 years old and single, which you always make sure every article <laughs> says he's single because he wants women to yeah, know. Yeah. So this is the opening article. 23 years old and single, all Carlos Kaiser wants to do is be allowed to play football. <laughs> <laughs> Does he now? <laughs> All through it, it says he's rejected big offers from English champions Everton and Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> that in Brazil he scored so many goals that the Mexican Football Association begged him to become a naturalised citizen and play <laughs> for the national team. So pre-internet. He's amazing. And he cuts all these articles out and laminates them yeah, yeah. and shows them to people. Make sure and everyone's aware yeah, of his how good he is. He joins a club called Bangu, which is a small club in the western zone of Rio. It's owned by a guy called Castor de Andrade. Now, you might know Castor from when we did our FIFA stories. Yes. Remember Havalange, the FIFA president that came with Forset Bladder, was friends with a gangster. Yes. That was Castor. Right. Castor is great mates with FIFA president. He's bribed every policeman in Brazil. Sure. He's bribed the president. This all comes out later. Yes. Literally got the president in his pocket, the police chiefs, everyone, right? Yeah. Now, he's a very dangerous man as well. He once chased a referee around the pitch with a gun flapping in his back pocket, <laughs> arguing with him. Now, he owns Mangu and he is a full-on owner, right? Yeah. Marco Antonio, who's played 52 times for Brazil, part of the... 1970 World Cup winning squad for Brazil. Absolute legend. He ends up at Bangu, but when he's on the decline of his career sure. the last few years. One time he is injured, and this is the team you'll remember Kaiser's about to join. Yeah. He said he was injured, and Castor after a while decides that this guy, uh, Marco Antonio, is not really injured and comes up to him and says, you need to play, and he says, I, I just don't think I'm ready. So Castor whips out a handgun and starts shooting in the directions of his feet, which saw Antonio <laughs> jump two feet in the air and then run around like Carl Lewis. And Castor says, see, you're fine. You can play the next game. And he played the next game. Okay. So Kaiser, Kaiser should not be going to this team. Kaiser is joining Any other team, team, but not this team. Now, Castor has made his money. He's known for being associated with hundreds of murders. Okay. So not just shooting at footballers, right? He would organise them. One time he was being interviewed by a TV presenter and they're chatting and he sort of suggests about allegations that he's been involved in murders. And Castor on TV leans over and says, get this in your head, only people that deserve it get killed. <laughs> Let's go to a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's seen as the most dangerous man in Britain. He got his wealth, Castor, who owns this, through a Jogo di Bicho, which is the animal game. It's an illegal bingo lottery started in 1892 when the local zoo was struggling to make ends meet. How's it work? They spin, in, unlike Tatslotter or something yeah. where the numbers come up, they spin it and different animals come up. Yeah. So it might be like a monkey, a oh, hippo right. or whatever, right? right? If so you're you, on the winning animal. And if you've got the right animals. And this becomes, and you've got to remember in Brazil there's like you know poor education. So this is a really simple game for people to play. It I becomes like it. huge. It's got 25 animals you've got to get, right? So big that Rudyard Kipling on a trip to Rio in 1933, was captivated by the game. He said it's on every street corner. 
It's made illegal in 1946, but it's so popular it just gets run by people like Castor. Of course it is. And it's popular everywhere. So this is like a license to print money. But because they're all gangsters and they've got so much money, one way they stop the government and police getting onto them is they all buy the top football clubs because it is so much harder for the police to challenge someone who saved the local saved football the club with millions of supporters. It's a bit like when... Pablo Escobar did this as well. Yeah, and um, Abramovich at Chelsea, one of the reasons he did that was so he was so high profile. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's how Castor ends up with this. But Castor runs this club with an iron fist. On one occasion, two players show up. One of them, again, was Marco Antonio, who's the one he shot at. Yes. They trade up uh, late for trading, so Castor made them train the entire time naked, not even with shin pads. <laughs> Kaiser meets Castle one day yeah, and he wants to go and play at Bangu and so he's saying they meet each other. I've got an uneasy feeling about this. So Kaiser is discussing with him a short-term contract. It's in early 1985 and while they're chatting at the bar, two women approach them and seduce the two men and they both go back with a woman each to their separate hotel rooms. Right. And Castle says... This is amazing. Like these two women are, and he's suspicious that Kaiser set it up. And he says, are you sure you didn't set this up? And Kaiser's like, no, they're just attracted to you because you're an incredibly good looking (laughs) old man. (laughs) Castle's kind of still suspicious, but he decides, I like Kaiser. And they form a relationship where neither asks each other too many (laughs) questions about how things happen. But he suddenly goes, I like this man a lot. Okay. So he gives him a contract, right? And Kaiser becomes the only person who can speak his mind to Castor. And no one can understand. He starts treating Kaiser like a son. And at Bangu, he becomes a legend. One of the players, Ado, says he didn't play one game and he made (laughs) history at the club. (laughs) He became as important as any of the greats players for doing nothing. He never played. I don't think I ever saw him in football boots. I don't even know what shoe size he is. And Castor kept giving him contracts. Where others tiptoed like around him, Kaiser would just go in and just hang out in Castor's office, which was a no-go zone. It was next door to the locker room, but sure. still the players never went in. The players would be getting ready for training and all they could hear was Castor and Kaiser just laughing their heads off <laughs> in his office, right? Now, you've got to remember, a journalist, Renato uh, Prado, said that in those days, Bangu was a complete madhouse. The coach, Moises, he was beaten up by a director of the club in a row over the theft of a Playboy magazine. There's been an incident at the club. Can you imagine a board member beating up the coach of any club in any sport over the theft of a Playboy magazine? It's just the best. It's so Brazilian. So Brazilian. It's just the best. While he's at the club, he's injured, obviously. Is he? Uh, You'd be surprised. He hasn't played a game for their mind yet. he got a letter from his dentist? Well, he becomes the unofficial press officer because there's not press officers. And writes the first article about himself. Well, that's the thing. He starts, Castor thinks he's great with the gift of the gab. You handle all the media. So he becomes more known as the face of the club and some of the players, even though he never plays. And he's always in full kit when he's doing an interview. (laughs) Kaiser, though, also is still doing all the favours to the players, right? Because he knows the way to stay is ingratiating himself. And he's going out to nightclubs every night, picking up women, having a ball. He's living the superstar lifestyle of a top footballer. Without playing. playing. And he's keeping them all happy. Now, the, the team have been very unhappy that training in the heat of the day. It's often 40 degrees in where they're training. And no one dares to approach Castor about it. But Kaiser 
he's now got to the point, he's about, you know, a year in. He's at the running stage of his rehabilitation. <laughs> okay, he's making progress. Yeah. The thing about Kaiser is incredibly fit. We'll often do all the training when it comes to fitness training not, yes. and we'll do better than most. Minute the ball comes out, he disappears. No. no one knows where he is. He had just been simply refusing to train the heat and the players are all complained to him. So he goes to Castor and says, look, I don't know about training this heat. He says, when I was playing professionally in Arabia, <laughs> it was so hot we trained in the evening and it was just better for the players. Why risk your Makes players? Sense. And Castor goes, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Kaiser says later on, I'd never been to Arabia. I'd seen a film about it. Right. Problem is, though, as this goes on, you know, he's been there a year. Caster loves him. And the more Caster loves him, while it's keeping him at the club, the more Caster wants to see him play. He's like, you're such oh, a good player. Why aren't we Jesus. seeing you play? This is the problem with a lie. It's, yeah. like, it's like saying you've won Lotto. Yeah. And eventually people are going to want to see you splash the cat. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, there's a got to Someone gets day. sick. They say, can you help pay the bills? And you're like, oh. Yeah. Didn't it's you like a, dooms Lotto? a doomsday cult. Once you name the date, you kind of never name a date. So his problem is, at some point, he's got to have to come good on his promise. The rubber's got to hit the road, doesn't it? So Kaiser, it's four in the morning, and he's out partying at a nightclub. Usually, Shouldn't they be training? Usually, they get to the nightclub at one in the morning yeah. in Brazil, right? Yeah. It's four in the morning. He's been partying and dancing all night. The coach comes in to the nightclub yeah. and goes, "Casta says you have to play today." And he says, I've been out all night and I'm still not over my injury. And yeah. he says, you're going to have to play, but I reckon I can just put you on the bench and then we'll just find a way not to sub you in. Everyone's By this in point, it. more and more people are kind of getting in. Know what he's right? To. But they like him so much that they're like, and he's doing, every, everyone owes him about 10 favours. Yeah, yeah. His black book has thousands of women in it. Thousands of nightclub owners sure. in it. Like if he has the keys to the city in yeah. terms of nightlife and you have a problem, Kaiser will fix it for you. So no one wants him to go, yeah. right? They're all going, oh, what are we going to do? Anyway, he shows up at the ground. He's <laughs> massively exhausted. He's had no sleep. He's on the bench. The team quickly go 2-0 down 15 minutes in. So Castor in the stands is furious at this performance. He's got a walkie-talkie to talk directly to the coach. Oh, Jesus. He gets on and goes, put the big man on, stick him up front so that he scores. He says, <laughs> the coach, Moses, who's been beaten up by director. I was, was going bashed with a playboy. Says, oh, Kaiser's still struggling with injury, but Kaiser says, Some, you'll be struggling with injury in a bit if you don't put him on. The coach goes to Kaiser. He wants you on. Kaiser's like, we agreed I wasn't going to play. And he goes, mate, I can't stop My it hands now. Are tied. you got to do it. So Kaiser starts to warm up knowing everything's about to go very oh, badly no. for him and he's like warming up on the sidelines yeah. and he's like sweating. He says he was just sure this was yeah. like the end of the line. The end of it. The crowd are all getting stuck into him a bit. Suddenly Kaiser is in the stands fighting with the fans and the team and everyone piles in after him to like calm things down and Kaiser is given a red card <laughs> even though he hasn't got on the field yet. Genius. Right? They go to the locker room. Game finishes. They've lost. It's very deathly quiet in the locker room. And Castor walks in. No one's talking. No one's looking at him. And he comes and stands in front of Kaiser. And on each side, he's got two heavies, big blokes, oh, big geez. gangsters. Kaiser looks up at him and says, 
doctor, which is an honorary title they all give him, please allow me to say something. Kester's looking at him. Kaiser says, God took both my parents away when I was 13 years old, but he gave me another father, you. When those bastard fans accused you of being a crook, I lost it and <laughs> went for them. I should have taken all of them out. I know I let the club down, but I would do it again. Don't worry, my contract is up in a week and I'll be off. Caster looks at him and leans in and goes, whispers, you're a good boy, Kaiser. And then he starts laughing out loud and goes, Joel, so he's offsider, put another six months on Kaiser's contract and double his pay. We need people like this at the club. It's just fantastic. <laughs> this is awesome. So he realises at this point, it's probably time up. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, it's, it's well, he's got away. away with it this time. Yeah. So he knows a player who's playing for a Corsican <laughs> club. So Corsica, the island that Napoleon's from sure. yeah. off the coast of France, finds out one of the Brazilian players that he knows is playing over there. It's a place called Ozical. And he meets this player. The player's name is Fabino. He's playing over there. He comes back one day and his brother... Marco is staying in his apartment and he's brought a friend along, Kaiser, who's staying with him. He meets Kaiser and he loves Kaiser so much. He's on the French League's winter break. It's Division 2 in the French League. He starts hanging out with Kaiser. The clubs start saying back in Corsica, have you got any other good Brazilians you could bring over? He decides he likes Kaiser so much as a friend. Yes. Doesn't think he can probably play that well, but he's got a good CV. Says, you should get this guy. It's like the second coming, right? They sign him. So suddenly he's signed to a Corsica club. He arrives on the first day and he's talked himself up in the local press and everything. So they think they're getting Pele. I just hope he doesn't get injured. Really do. Not early anyway. So he shows up and there's a huge crowd to greet him. You can't believe it. He starts playing to the crowd as he always does. He says to one of the people who's with him, can you get me some flowers? not a cemetery nearby. They manage to find some flowers. He runs up and gives them to the president's wife in front of everyone. He's just a showman. Then to his horror, they produce a bag full of balls, soccer balls, and say, how about you show us some tricks? (laughs) He instead starts throwing the balls into the crowd going, souvenirs for everyone. (laughs) And realizes if I get rid of all the balls, there'll be no training today. So that's what he does, right? (laughs) He becomes great friends with a guy called Mancini who is on the board. You'd be surprised to learn very quickly. And he starts to look after him. But unfortunately, Kaiser informs the club that he's carrying a bit of a niggling injury. (laughs) an injury. Some of the players, they're not so amused by all of this. The team captain hates him and was trying to get him out. And Kaiser's not fun. He's there four months. He doesn't a game you'd be surprised to learn Can't believe four it. months and he finally for Christmas says I'm going back to Brazil yeah he returns to Brazil to tell everyone about uh, his explosive career in France <laughs> how he scored 18 goals in 14 games and was in discussions to join the French champions Bordeaux and had even been invited to present an award at the Cannes Film Festival <laughs> I love it but he doesn't want to go back to Corsica because they're, they're, they're on to him a bit, right? But he uses the, the this story to get himself another trial where he's played for all th- three of the big four Rio clubs. Yes. 
Final one that he then decides to rock up to is Vasco da Gama. Two of the team stars recommend him to the president and say, you should get this guy in there. He decides to wait two weeks into training before pretending to pull up lame. <laughs> and they said in training when he was training because he couldn't, he yes. decided if I get injured in the first week, it's becoming suspicious. So sure. he waits too. One of the players said he could go 25 to 30 minutes in a practice match without touching the ball. If the ball was on the right, he was on the left. If the ball was on the left, he was on the right. If it was in the middle, he was in defence. If the ball was in defence, he was in attack. He had a really bad relationship with the ball. <laughs> One day he rocks up to Vasco trading. He's in a really good mood. Things yeah. are great. He's injured. Everyone likes him. Sure. He's got a contract. He's, he's in a comfy, the, usual position he's, like, yeah, that he's, he's familiar with. Yep. He's, yeah. he's able to go around to the nightclub saying, I'm a player, yeah. all this, right? Vaxo de Gama's director of football, Paulo Anguini, he says, we're so to see you play and we've tried to figure everything to fix this darn injury. Yeah. They fully believe him. We've got a black magic priest called <laughs> Pai Santana to come and cure you. Kaiser's apparently scared because right. he doesn't like yeah. the idea of it. The um, priest takes him <laughs> around the back to do some things and, and he just says, take your money, man. There's no fixing me. I don't want to be fixed. Yeah. Just forget about it. And so he sort of does a deal with the priest. <laughs> <laughs> to just do nothing. Yeah. Right? He also does a deal with Club Masseuse and the kit man to corroborate <laughs> his injury stories. And what he does in return is he gets me to every nightclub, sets him up with women, all that. So they always keep saying he's doing really well, but he probably needs a needs few more week, weeks, yeah. right? They don't fire him because as well as getting the players everything they want, he's also really useful for the club. And they actually say that Kaiser helps them win the nineteen eighty nine Brazilian Cup, basically, or the right. tournament, because they had a guy called Tato who was a great winger who was a great player and actually yes. played football. Yeah. But he had a crumbling marriage and alcohol and drug abuse. So Kaiser basically becomes his therapist and his wingman. Yeah. And so keeps him focused keeps on him, the ground. Stops him getting in trouble. When he's had a few too many, he brings him home, gets him out of the club. Yeah. They actually say Paul Angonia, who's the guy who got him the witch doctor, the club's yeah. head of football. Says Tato had really serious personal issues, and Kaiser played a huge part in helping us rehabilitate that player. Tato really liked him, and Kaiser had an important function for us as well as that player in helping him get out of the hole he found himself in. And he went on and played really well, and they won the whole thing. And so everyone's like, so no one wanted to get him out. They also say he just cheered everyone up. They said he was the vibe, the atmosphere in the locker room was so good. Mm. They said, we liked him so much, one of the players said, that we played along with all these stories. We <laughs> knew they weren't true, but we played away. After two or three months, he would just vanish. And when he did, everybody missed them. Then about six months would go by, he'd come back to the club and say, I've been in this club. I was in France. I was in Portugal. <laughs> Nobody believed him, but then he'd pull out newspaper articles or club ID cards. They'd go, we don't have no idea how he ever got it. And then they'd all be sitting watching TV and some club would present a new player. Here's our new signing, Geyser. And they'd just be like. <laughs> oh, on his fantastic. Wikipedia page, there's like 10 clubs. Yes. And they've all got hard and fast dates next to them. Yeah. But when you drill into it, he went to many more because he just. He How just, long has his career been? Where are Well, we? at the point we're getting up to now where he plays in the top leagues for about 13 years. <laughs> right. So we're still at the point where he hasn't played a game, right? And that, at this point, we're about 10 years in. Sure. 
and, and so I won't go into every club he's been. I've done the big four and his yeah, overseas okay, one yeah. because if I did, we'd be here for five hours. I can't believe all four big clubs. Multiple times, some of them. So the, this is the way he would do it. He'd befriend all journalists, get them to write positive stories yeah. about him all the time. But all phones were not around at the time very much. It was the 80s. They were very expensive. Sure. He got a toy one that looked exactly like one and would hold loud conversations in public <laughs> near journalists negotiating deals with European giants. <laughs> right? That was one thing. Oh. Kaiser said, life is marketing. Bebeto, who's the World Cup winning striker of 1994, said his chat was so good that if you let him open his mouth, that would be it. He'd charm you. You couldn't avoid it. That would be it. You're done. You're done. An old school friend, he was president of the Jewish Social Centre in Rio. And one day he's at the local mall and he bumps into Kaiser and Kaiser is wearing a full first team kit, even though he's just at the mall. <laughs> he says, you look ridiculous. He goes, I know. And he says, what brings you here? And the friend says, I'm getting a birthday present for my mother-in-law. How about you? And Kaiser says, I'm promoting myself. The malls, he used to hang out in this mall all the time. It was called the Rio Soul. He'd just hang out in the food court with other footballers. It was quite common in Rio then, yes. just to meet women. Yeah. And he was the king of this mall, right? The malls also had nightclubs on their top level. And so Kaiser was the PR manager for heaps of them. One was Maxim's. It was really popular. Yeah. had its own heliport on the roof, the nightclub wow. did. Okay. And he was like the guy that was the most important. When Rock and Rio Festival was on, he would get people in like Mick Jagger, Lionel Richie, Fetty Mercury, Guns N' Roses and the Jackson 5. <laughs> he said it bouncers didn't recognise a star, which happened once with Freddie Mercury. Yes. Kaiser would go up and get Freddie Mercury into the nightclub and then hang out with him all night, get him into the VIP section. Yeah. He once said of Freddie Mercury, that guy did too many drugs. <laughs> So he'd be doing this all the time. He said, I was never, ever a fit state to play or trade because sure. I was at nightclub, even though he didn't drink. But he was so convincing as playing the role of a professional footballer that people said he was way more footballer than footballers. Eri Johnson, who's one of Brazil's most famous actors, said, first time I saw Kaiser, he was crossing the street with such swagger that I thought, that guy must be one of the best footballers in the world. <laughs> you know, he said, I'm a big football fan, so I had no idea who he was. But then I saw Kaiser walk over and say hello to Gaucho, and Gaucho was so excited to see him. I thought, I'm in the presence of someone amazing. <laughs> he said, I even regret not getting up back then and talking to him. I later on apologised to Kaiser for that. I'd <laughs> he said, I'd already met Pelé. So this guy's really famous. He yeah. said, I'd already met Pelé, but I thought the way Kaiser walked was more distinguished. Well, as doing all the things, what he would do for the teams that he was at is yes. he would do things like they would be, if there was a curfew and they weren't allowed to go to nightclubs the night before a game or something, yes. he would hire out a floor below where they were staying in the hotel and bring all the women and DJs and booze oh, to the hotel. That's why you're not letting him go from the club <laughs> yeah. right there. Whenever a club president wanted to get rid of me, the players would get together and ask them not to because I put a lot of value to the club. <laughs> Everyone speaks to him of generosity of spirits all the time, no matter what. This is an example. One of the guys who was a radio reporter, Sergio Americo, he said, I would often bump into Kaiser on nights out. I'd come in with my friends and he'd say, so Gino, I've got a VIP area over here. Hang on, I'll get you a bracelet. He'd take you over to the VIP section, then he'd hug you and say, 
don't forget to mention on radio tomorrow that Carlos Kaiser is going to be signing a contract with Botafogo. <laughs> <laughs> he also had an abnormal memory that allows him to constantly make small, thoughtful gestures. So if you arrive late to meet him, your favourite beer would be waiting, right. usually on your tab. <laughs> He found out what team a person supported and he'd send them jerseys and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And he'd say they were real, but they weren't. They were just from the flea market <laughs> the and he would offs. fake the signature. Yeah. Um, he'd find, remember your children's names exactly and what toys they liked and would often just give you the toys sure. that they wanted. So he just, his eye for detail on that was things. He did have some bad moments. One time he had done all of the top four Rio teams, still has not played a game 10 yeah. years into his career. He decides to go to Sao Paulo to their biggest club, Palmeiras, and he had a friend there who was a midfield player, got the deal. He did it while the club president was away. Right. Organisers, and this is another trick he does, he pays a young junior player to tackle him hard in training so he can be injured. So he gets injured in the first week with this aggressive slide tackle and he puts his feet up and thinks, well, this is great. But a group of hardcore Palmeiras fans come one night who are these are very dangerous people yes. come to his hotel room and say, We know you never play. I suggest you go back Skin to Rio. Up. So he leaves. So he gets those sort of things, right? Oh, uh, gotcha. Like, he finally ends up at back at Botafogo, which was his boyhood team where yep. he was as a junior. And Castor still loves him so much. He sells the club owner, Emil Pinero, to hire him. He's another guy who's one of the top gangsters, not as big as Castor, but sure. he's a gangster. And basically, Castell says, get this guy in your club. He'll get you all the women you want. <laughs> right? That's sort of the deal by now. Yeah, right? yeah. People have given up on the idea he's ever going to actually play. play. So he joins there and he once again gets along so well with Emil that suddenly he's got the keys to his 35-foot yacht. <laughs> and he is told you can stay here as long as you like. So suddenly he's in a club where he's just there. He stays there for five years. (laughs) One of the players said, we won two state championships and were runners-up in the Brazil National League in that time, and Kaiser was there throughout. A legendary guy made everybody laugh. Director, scout, he was everything you could think of except the footballer. (laughs) He then, in January 1991, has a short spell with a Texas club in El Paso. Good Lord. Comes back and does that. He's winding down in his career, but the 1994 World Cup in America is happening. And Budweiser decide we should get some Brazilians playing soccer for our ad. Sure. So they come (laughs) down to the Brazil and they say, like, we want footballers, but we want good-looking footballers. So, of course, who gets involved? Kaiser. (laughs) So Kaiser's in a Budweiser um, ad, and while it's being filmed, it's a female American director. He seduces her. Of course he does. So he ends up the hero shot of a guy heading a goal, which even he can do, and he flicks his mullet as he does it. This gets played to millions of Americans <laughs> all throughout the World Cup. He's amazing. So finally he decides in July 2003 on his 40th birthday. <laughs> no, don't retire from the game. He phones a couple of local newspapers to announce he's retiring. <laughs> His career uh, totals, no goals, no games. <laughs> he's got through. So he started all the way back in the uh, early 70s. In 2003, he's officially retiring. The news doesn't exactly stop the presses. 
He says, footballers die twice when they stop playing and when they actually die. I lost one life already. <laughs> this is unbelievable. He falls in love with a woman for the first time ever that he's actually in love with yeah. and stays with. He's a personal trainer at this point is his sort of job. Okay. A personal trainer for women only. <laughs> Genius. Unfortunately, he's uh, Marcella, who's the love of his life and to all accounts everyone says he was faithful to and was with for a few years. She dies of a, a brain condition of insufficient blood flow and he's absolutely devastated about this. And at the same time as he gets older, he gets poorer eyesight and, and he has a chronic hip problem. But he does agree after a while when he needs some money He'll participate in a book being written on him and a documentary. Yeah. Spreads his legend throughout Brazil and he becomes an absolute icon and to this day lives as an icon in Brazilian football. People love him even more than actual footballers because he's just seen as this like, what a story. amazing story. Now, one of the interesting questions of this is what's real and what's not because you're talking about someone who tells these stories who you would have to say has a economic <laughs> relationship with the truth. The truth, yeah. Right? His spell in Corsico and in France mm. was something he used a lot to get into a lot of clubs. Yes. It's since been argued that he was never even went to Corsica. Right. That that was all made up. Mm -hmm. um, but he still says it was true. So it's very hard to know. Yeah. But there are heaps of credible sources that place him at, at Vasco, at Botafogo, Fluminense, Bangu, Americana, uh, Cruzeiro, Flamengo, Palmeiras. So while he might not have gone overseas, uh -huh. there's no doubt he was at all the rest of them. Bangu, the club who's owned by Castor, they openly admit Kaiser was the club for two spells in the 80s and again in the 90s. Other clubs deny it, but ex-players and employees go, he was there. He was they're, there. They're just embarrassed, yeah. right? Even stranger is Jair Pereira, who's the manager of Atletico Madrid, says Kaiser was actually a very talented player. And so even with Kaiser's lie that he wasn't good, he says he was actually a very good player. He just decided he didn't want to play. Well, he could play as a junior. He so could play as a junior. He should be able to. Others say, uh, one of the players he plays with, Junior Negrao, he said Kaiser was a master. He said when players would pass him in training, he'd make a subtly different run and then act like it was their poor pass. He said it was so funny. It was like somebody who's scared of blood wanting to be a doctor. <laughs> He also said, though, that Kaiser is a decent scoundrel. He was full of tricks, but they were never nasty. and He's not a malevolent guy. I never heard of him doing wrong by anyone. He was just kind of dodgy in a good way. I've never heard anyone say they don't like Kaiser. Everybody liked him because of his whole rascal vibe. Ricardo Rocho played alongside Romario, Haggy, Ronaldo, Hugo Sanchez, and all these greats of yes. footballer. Says he knows no icon like Kaiser. <laughs> Kaiser is one of the most iconic figures in world football. It's a unique story. He's a footballer who played without playing. Nobody else has remained in football without playing for as long as he did. He did so because of his human touch. Everybody liked Kaiser. He was amazing off the field. He ate well. He would tell jokes. He had only one problem, the ball. <laughs> Brilliant. And that's it. That's fantastic. Well, I'm off to get a mullet perm. <laughs> some, uh, undo a few shirt buttons. Undo a few shirt buttons, some mirror glasses, and tell some big whopping lies <laughs> about my football prowess. Titus, you've done it again. That has uh, entertained me greatly. Thank you very much, sir. As you know, I've been shamelessly plugging 
our membership program, Bazaar Plus. And one of the key bits that people are loving is you get an extra episode every week. And as a little treat for all of you and to maybe incentivize you to join up, here's a short outtake from our bonus episode. This time, actually, a listener, Alex Bowl, has helped me out here. And he's okay. titled this, said, Mick would like this guy. Like this, is, this is Alex's uh, comment. A 50-year-old man has gone viral after managing to finish a marathon in China while smoking cigarettes throughout the entire <laughs> race. A runner known as Uncle Chen has been renowned for chain smoking while competing and he has attracted attention after doing it in the Zhangjing Marathon. He finished the race in a very respectful time of 3 hours and 28 minutes, which is really good. And two packets? <laughs> well, uh, he chains like the entire three hours. So he smokes the whole way. Yeah, there's photos of this I'll have to show you, but he literally smokes the this whole This goes way. back to the idea that you Opens f- your lungs. It opens your lungs. <laughs> you floated with the early Tour de France in the first two years. They were all riding and smoking. Didn't they have an ashtray on their bikes? Yeah, some of, well, listen to this. He, he placed 574th out of 1,500 competitors. So imagine being beaten. we <laughs> 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 the right guys. Imagine being behind him and yeah, complaining that- <laughs> about all the passive smoke. <laughs> He's like a train. There's just this smoke going behind him. And, and you know when they run past those tables that usually have water? Yeah. He's had a gin and tonic. <laughs> And that's a short clip from our bonus episode each week for members who join our Bazaar Plus program. If you're interested in signing up to that and hearing more of it, simply go to the link in the show notes or go to bazaarplus.com.